Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Fin Weekly, where I provide weekly updates on what's happening in the world of finance and the economy. My name is Steve Coffrin, and today is Wednesday, September 20th, 2023. And yes, we have a lot to cover, so let's go ahead and get right into it. First up, this week started with a proposal from House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to avert a government shutdown by implementing an 8% reduction in spending for domestic agencies. And while we can all agree that avoiding a shutdown is an urgent matter, this type of cut wouldn't be without significant effects to various sectors of the economy. So let's unpack those. In particular, the proposed spending cuts could directly impact critical areas such as healthcare, law enforcement, and public safety. It's also important to keep in mind that McCarthy's contentious proposal could introduce uncertainty into financial markets. Here's why. Investors tend to favor stability and predictability, and it's my guess that this budgetary dispute might lead to some hesitancy in the financial markets and could even affect stock prices. Remember, investor confidence is a crucial driver of economic growth. So on the business side of things, you might see business owners delay investments or expansion plans. As for consumers, they'll likely pull back and become more cautious, which also yields implications for the overall economic activity. Remember, consumer spending is about 70% of our economic growth engine. Ultimately, McCarthy's proposal underscores the broader challenge of reconciling fiscal responsibility with the need to maintain vital public services and programs. Striking the right balance between budgetary restraint and ensuring the well-being of citizens and the stability of the economy is not an easy task. And in this context, political stability and effective governance are essential for preserving economic growth, investor confidence, and overall economic well-being. And keeping in the realm of economics, the Fed is currently facing a challenge of its own. That's because despite raising interest rates, the U.S. economy is not slowing down as fast as they expected. Remember, traditionally, central banks like the Fed have raised interest rates to reduce consumer spending and control inflation. In other words, their focus is on managing demand. Only they haven't successfully done that this time around. It's not an unsolvable problem, but how the Fed responds will impact not only consumer behavior, but also the broader availability of goods and services. We know that interest rate hikes can discourage businesses from taking risks and being innovative, which can slow down the production of goods and services, a concern echoed this week by Fed head Jerome Powell. The latest details on their strategy is to do what they could do to moderate demand while allowing the supply side to adapt. So what can we expect once this happens? Well, don't expect to see immediate changes in interest rates. The Fed aims to implement adjustments later this year, but for now, their decision hinges on factors like wage growth and price stability. Striking the right balance is crucial. Too high interest rates could shrink the economy, while too low rates could spur further inflation. In a nutshell, the Fed grapples with the challenge of managing inflation while maintaining economic vitality. And since interest rates influence both consumer behavior and the availability of goods and services, the Fed's aim is to find the right equilibrium for economic stability and prosperity. Moving on to news from the markets. In the annual Wall Street Review, financial experts are giving their predictions for the S&P 500 index another look, admitting they didn't quite get this year's stock market rise right. That includes Manish Cabra from Societe Generale, the French bank, I probably totally botched that, 
who bumped up his year in target from 3,800 to 4,750. Even more cautious analysts like Michael Kontralwitz from Piper Sandler and Company and Greg Butil from BNP Paribas recently raised their 2023 forecast due to the market's impressive 15.9% growth. But here's the twist. While they're fessing up to underestimating the stock market this year, they're not ready to declare it a full-blown bull market just yet. Cabra, for example, thinks the S&P 500 might dip to 3,800 by the middle of next year, possibly because of issues with consumer spending, which I mentioned earlier. Despite signs that the U.S. economy might avoid a recession, these experts are keeping a cautious stance. So, while some big names on Wall Street, names that I can barely pronounce, have adjusted their predictions to match the market's impressive performance, the overall mood remains cautious. The big question now is how long the Federal Reserve will keep interest rates high, assuming they're done raising them. Economists polled by Bloomberg think rates will stay around 525 to 5.5% at the next Fed meeting, with the first rate cut potentially pushed back to May of 2024, a later timeline than previously expected. In a nutshell, Wall Street experts are playing it safe after initially missing the mark. And if you're listening or reading this and you're wondering what this means for you as an investor, this situation does offer some valuable insights for everyday investors. It reminds us that financial experts and their forecasts can sometimes miss the mark, emphasizing the importance of a diversified long-term investment approach instead of knee-jerk reactions to short-term predictions. Moreover, the caution shown by these experts underscores the enduring significance of inflation and the Federal Reserve's actions. Staying informed about economic trends and central bank policies that can impact interest rates and your cost of living is crucial. Finally, it's wise to consider your financial goals, risk tolerance, and investment strategies in light of these market dynamics. Whether you're investing or managing your finances, seeking professional advice and maintaining a well-balanced approach aligned with your long-term objectives is often a smart move. If all this stuff is confusing, when I'm talking about inflation and interest rates and the impact on the stock market, I would recommend going to byfiq.com. You can join the academy there. And in the academy, the first level, level 1.0, walks you through the fundamentals of macroeconomics and financial markets. I highly recommend it. You could do a free trial, so check that out if you want to learn more about how all this stuff ties together. Moving on to the latest in global economic news, economist Noriel Rubini is sending a clear message to the European Central Bank and the Bank of England, saying that continuous interest rate hikes are the need of the hour. He's sounding the alarm about the looming threat of stagflation, where rising oil prices could lead to a dangerous mix of rising prices and sluggish economic growth. Rubini's recommendation was for a substantial increase in the interest rates for the BOE, proposing a target rate of 5.75%, which is a significant jump from the current 5.25% rate. And this aligns with what we're seeing as far as market expectations for another imminent rate hike. Now, despite stressing the importance of rate hikes, Rubini isn't blind to the potential risks, including the threat of financial instability. Looking at the big picture though, Rubini argues that structural changes in the global economy, including aging populations and supply chain disruptions, are likely to keep inflation higher for longer. This could prompt central banks to rethink their inflation targets, possibly shifting to a range between 3 and 
up from the existing 2% target. His insights were echoed by members of the ECB who said they were also committed to maintaining a 4% interest rate as a tool to combat inflation. But let's be clear, the ongoing debates and policy decisions about interest rates, inflation, and the economic growth by major central banks like the ECB, BOE, and the Federal Reserve aren't just about their own country's economies. They have a big impact on the global economic scene. These moves and discussions ripple through international trade, financial markets, how confident investors are feeling, and the overall stability of financial systems around the world. Plus, recognizing that things like aging populations and supply chain hiccups are changing the game suggests that global trade and how things are made will keep evolving. And last but not least, this week marks the start of a 36-hour central bank marathon involving 11 key players from the Federal Reserve to the Bank of Japan. Despite the global concerns about inflation that I mentioned earlier, markets are surprisingly confident when it comes to predicting monetary policies, inflation rates, and bond yields. For context, in the U.S., bond market volatility has hit an 18-month low, creating a landscape of liquidity and favorable financial conditions. Investors are growing increasingly sure about what central banks will do next, with expectations that the Bank of England might inch ahead with slightly higher rates than the Federal Reserve. But here's where things get interesting. Core inflation varies among major economies, raising the possibility of differing monetary policy responses. So while China is grappling with potential deflation, the U.S. is wrestling with core inflation. And the U.K., Europe, and Japan are charting their own unique courses. Ultimately, this divergence could have a notable impact on market volatility, asset values, and investment decisions. The central bank marathon tackles the complexities of managing monetary policy in a world with diverse inflation and economic challenges. And while we might see some short-term fluctuations, a coordinated approach among central banks and the adaptability of the markets will ultimately help smooth out these challenges over time. We have to trust that they're planning for the worst, but expecting the best as we head into the rest of this week. Okay, there you have it. That's a wrap for Fin Weekly. We covered a lot involving monetary policy, inflation, macroeconomics, and how all this stuff impacts the stock market and other financial markets out there across the world. If you want to learn more about this stuff, if you want to boost your financial intelligence, if you want to be more prepared to seize opportunities that are right in front of your face and opportunities that will be coming your way, I highly recommend you continue to learn everything you can about finance. One great program that I've put together is the Academy. You don't have to use our Academy. There's other resources out there, but in the Academy at byfiq.com, I will take you through the fastest way to increase your financial intelligence. Look, I've read a lot of books, I've studied a lot of programs, I did my undergrad, my master's, my MBA, I worked in public accounting, I did all this stuff. I studied for the CPA and I passed it, and I did all this study, and I realized along the way, I, I probably could have got to the same place that I am today so much faster, 10 times faster, if I would have had the right approach and I would have known what is important and what is not. There's so much noise out there. There's so much noise. But if you could fast track your way to financial intelligence, you're going to be so much better off. I mean, it's like the analogy I always give you. It's not like you would go to the doctor and say, okay, doctor, I'm going to give you complete control of my health. 
in all my health decisions. So if the doctor says, well, you know, I don't really like your leg. You kind of walk in here with a limp. I think we should cut it off. And you wouldn't say, okay, doctor, that sounds good. You're the expert. Go ahead and do it. The same thing is true in our financial lives and our financial lives have a significant impact on our well-being and future happiness and our current happiness, in fact. So it's not like we'd go to a financial advisor because we don't have the financial intelligence ourselves and say, hey, make whatever decisions you want with our money. And if you're wrong, and if we don't earn the returns necessary to meet our financial goals, we're okay with delaying our retirement or our financial freedom by one, two, five, or 10 years. I mean, that's crazy. No one would ever do that. I don't wanna do that. That's why financial intelligence is so important to me. And that's why things like this, like listening to this podcast, other podcasts, consuming content, taking courses, all these things I do myself. I do these things in my life and then I share it with the community because I want to stay on the up and up of what's going on out there in the world because I want to live a great financial life and I want the same thing to be true for you. So thanks for tuning in. Please reach out if you have any comments, any feedback, or if you just want to say hello. I'm active on Instagram, on LinkedIn. You could always shoot me an email, steve at byfiq.com. You could join our free community by going to byfiq.com. Join the free community. There's a button for you to click. And by doing so, you'll join like-minded people and get access to some great resources. And you'll just constantly be informed on what's happening in the world of finance. So I highly recommend that. But whatever it is, Keep being ambitious in your learning, but don't just learn stuff. Don't just hear all this stuff. Take this knowledge and go out there and act, and that will make all the difference in the world. That's what separates the winners from the losers, those who act on the knowledge that they gain. Have a great rest of your week, and until next time, take care of yourself. Cheers. Hey, real quick, if you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review. Also, if you want to be featured on the show, send me a recording with your name, your age, where you're from, and your question through a voice note or a video using your smartphone. Then email me the file at hello at byfiq.com. BYFIQ stands for boosting your financial IQ. So once again, it's hello at byfiq.com. If selected, I'll give you a shout out and answer your question for you and the entire community. One last thing, if you want access to additional resources that will help you fast track your path to financial freedom, visit byfiq.com or download our free app in the Apple or Google Play app store today. Thanks again.